This is episode 70 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. Sharing the message of hope. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. What is your why? You know that actions speak louder than words, but motivation is the key to everything we say and do. So what's the heart behind your life choices? Okay, my first, and I hope I'm answering the question correctly, and it's kind of a a generic thing, but when I first thought of what's my why, I think of something that my kids, I'm not sure if they're tired of hearing of it by now. They've heard it for a long, long, long time. But I've, I've said to them, and because I, I found it to be true in my life, anytime I'm upset about something or aggravated, just whatever the negative thoughts you can put in that blank, blank, you know, you just don't know. Ugh. It's because I'm putting myself first. I'm putting my feelings first. So my why on even specific things during a day, it's like, okay, all right, I'm putting my own feelings ahead of someone else's feelings. I'm certainly I put it, I'm certainly not putting God first. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it may be a you know I'm not sure if that's the Sunday school answer or or but that's where my mind first went. Uh, if I'm upset, if I'm angry, if I'm irritated, if I'm all those things, at least in my experience, 100% of the time I can go back and ask my question that basic question of life. Am I putting my own feelings first? Hmm. And 100% of the time, the answer is yes. Wow. Because I want things my way. I'm selfish. You know, that's the way, uh, that's the sin nature, right? Of, of We all want our way. And uh, so it, it puts me back on track. It puts me back on my why. Why am I here? Is it about, is it about me? No, it's not about me. It's about, you know, putting God first, obviously, and then others next. So yeah, that's a pretty generic thing, but it's a real level thing that I ask myself, you know, almost on a daily basis. That's my why. Why am I upset? Well, it's because I'm putting me first. So um, yeah, may sound like a Sunday school answer, but it's really uh, the first thing I thought of. And it's like, what's my why? Mm. And when I put my why, when I put me first, it gets all messed up. But that thing about the Sunday school answer that you mentioned, Steve, they're Sunday school answers for a reason. Like if we just say them without knowing the heart behind them, then okay, we're just regurgitating hmm. what you know Christians are supposed to say. But like there's a reason they're the things that you try to teach to kids who grow up in the church. And so Sunday school answers, I'm, I always try to defend them. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you would too. Like they're, they're good when we live them out. Sure. That's the thing, when we live them out. I've got to say, obviously, my my big why is more aspirational than it is actual most of the time. It's what I aspire to, but is it always what I act on? Practically, in my sinful nature, what I often am acting on, kind of like you talked about, Steve, when you know you're doing something, you're doing it because you're putting yourself first. What I'm often acting on is what will people think? Like fear of man is what the Bible would call it. Fear of man or people-pleasing Now, it's not that I necessarily want to be the most popular person in the room. (laughs) That's not going to happen. But I've got a specific group of people at any given moment who I'm trying to think, what's this person's perception of me going to be Mm. based on how I act? Funny thing, you can't control anybody else's perceptions. You can try to shape them or mold them. But ultimately, that's out of your hands. Just a little side note for anybody else who's tempted towards fear of man and people pleasing like I am. 
Unfortunately, that's often my why. Aspirationally, what do I hope can be my why? Basically, I like to look at the Lord's Prayer and say, okay, it's all there. Like, that's that's it. Anytime I don't know what to pray to start a day to say, all right, how am I going to go about what today has for me? I got to look at the Lord's Prayer because you start by putting things in the right perspective. God, you're, you're huge. Your name, it's, it's hallowed, it's holy. And then looking at the kingdom aspect, that's something that where this like idea of God's glory can be kind of vague to me. What does glory mean? What does it mean to bring you glory? I, I know it's a real important biblical concept, but I don't, I can't grasp it. Well, I go to the Lord's prayer talks about God's kingdom. If I picture Jesus as the king, and he's asking us to live like he's the king of the place that he would be king of. What does that look like? Oh, okay. Living like a citizen of his kingdom. So I just kind of like try to look at the Lord's prayer and try to, do my best to see what does it look like to be living a kingdom life here on earth, your kingdom come here on earth like it is in heaven. And the rest of it's all there too. The forgiveness that's in the Lord's prayer. We've got to forgive. We were forgiven. Uh, We've got to look at, okay, God, you're going to provide that's in the Lord's prayer too. worrying about what we're going to have and that it's all going to be provided for us. So basically I'm doing my best. Aren't we all? We're like, we know we're not always, not always living up to it, but, but trying to live up to that that ideal. And for me, a lot of the why comes down to just looking at the Lord's Prayer as a, as a template for hopefully every day. It's funny. During the pandemic, we ended up changing churches, which is a really hard thing to do. But I think one of the reasons that God allowed that to happen is that my heart was ready for a different kind of teaching. And I've been hearing the Word of God revealed in different ways, um, just from a different perspective, a different angle, maybe digging a little bit deeper. And I love what you shared, Tim, about going to the Lord's Prayer because it's from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so often through our Christian walk, you know, from Sunday school on, we're learning about God through what people have had to say. And what I've been so encouraged to do lately is to go to the Word of God and see what it says about God. And I'm seeing his character uh, more multifaceted. You know, instead of just being a a, a cube, it's like a well-cut diamond. Ooh. You know, because God is so, he's so infinite in his character. There's so many different traits of God. I mean, he's the creator of all things. But there is this interesting harmony between mercy and justice. Some people would call it truth versus love and living in a way that shines or reflects the character of God, the true character of God means knowing him in a more intimate way, maybe a deeper way, a way where, you know, if you've known someone for 20 years, you know all of their little quirks. And so I think that this kind of new phase of learning that I'm in is about digging in and saying, no, what does the word really say about how God feels about this or what he thinks about this or if he values this. Because I'm finding that a lot of the things that I've thought about God were just assumptions that I made or maybe something that I picked up from a book or something that really isn't the word of God. And so um, I would encourage you to find out about God 
from God, from the word of God. My why has become knowing him more. How can I know him more? And then how can I reflect his true character more? And that only comes from knowing him more. So it's been kind of an interesting time of discovery, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's funny how these three things tie in together in that what you just said, Therese, knowing God more, and that's where your focus should be. Uh, you know, Tim, you mentioned people pleasing and that kind of thing. I started out saying like, okay, I'm putting myself first and combining all those three things that we just said that uh, I think we all want to please other people, uh, but our number one thing should be pleasing God. So in decisions that I make and my why for everyday thing, as long as I'm in good standing with God. And how do you know what God wants? It's what you said, Therese. It's knowing God intimately and deeper. So as long as God is fine and I've taken it to God and my heart's in the right place, that's good. And then those next things, uh, okay, after God, what does my wife, you know, what oh, yeah. the close, what does my wife think about this? As long as God is pleased, one, as long as my wife and my kids, as, as far as in my case, as long as those people are mm. pleased, then you move on. It's impossible to please everyone, but yes, you can please God in where your heart is. So all those kind of three things uh, combining to hopefully that's helpful and encouraging to people who are listening to the Rise Up podcast right now. Yeah. Know God, know him in a deeper, more intimate way. It's Steve, Therese, and Tim helping you to rise up on family life. A friend you can turn to. Steve, around this time yesterday, we were talking about snakes. That was about this oh, time, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it I don't was. Know yeah. Why we did that? Like they bother me. They bother yeah, you. I don't like them. Hey, you want to hear something I learned about snakes yesterday? Oh, more? Yeah. Oh, okay. Boy. okay. So how about this? How about this? Okay. Copperheads. They're like they're they're pretty dangerous. Copperhead snakes. They smell. Apparently, they smell like cucumbers when they're angry. Really? Yeah, apparently some folks will say this. They say, yeah, they do. And and I guess it's something to be careful of because you can find them in our area. It's a little less likely, but they're a venomous snake, so you got to be careful of copperheads. They say when they're angry, they smell like cucumbers. So if you're in the woods, inexplicably begin to smell cucumbers. Yeah. And you could be thinking, oh, but I really like cucumbers. Maybe I stumbled onto a wild patch of cucumbers. I want to find them. Do you like them that much? Are you willing to risk it being a copperhead? It could just be an angry one. I want to know who's the person that said, that copperhead looks angry. He looks mad. Let me get close enough to <laughs> I want to know that brave person. I've smelled happy copperheads before, and they didn't smell anything like cucumbers. They're morning people because they love mornings and people. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. So I thought about planning ahead. Maybe I bought some things. But, you know, I have friends who really plan out their gardens. They are so far ahead of me. And I've got, like, a few tomato plants in and, like, just some mm-hmm. cucumbers that I started. But that is it too late? If you've been wondering if it's too late to start a vegetable garden at this point in the year, no, not at all, especially if you want to get kids involved in gardening. Oh, there yeah. are some really fast-growing foods, hmm. like radishes. Oh, you could yeah. have radishes within okay. like a month, month and a half. And so put those seeds in the ground, watch them grow, harvest. And then, you know, you can plant again and again until the whole growing season's over. Green beans grow pretty fast. Just get some seeds, put them in the cool. ground 
And there, boom, there's your green. And then leaf lettuce is another one that goes pretty quick. You can watch it grow and harvest it and just keep planting and harvesting. And, you know, this is the thing. You could do these multiple plantings, multiple harvestings, or... You can still procrastinate for like another month and still grow something. We hope the rest of your day is just as much fun as this. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life. Get into class, rookies. Here we go. All right. What class is this? You'll find out in a second. But rookies. I mean, you know what rookies mean, but where did it come from? The term rookie started back in the Civil War. Uh, Slang version for the word recruits. Huh. Do a uh, large number of soldiers already inexperienced and barely old enough to, to do anything. But now they're fighting for uh, thrust into war for America. From there, the slang went from rookies to reckies and then rookies. I mean, it was like, went it back. was like, yeah, recruit, recce, rookie. Huh. So basically so, someone who something. went to say something and mispronounced it, yeah, became, which is me all the yeah, time. Like yeah. you try to say a word and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 but you just say you, you meant to do it. And since you're right. the older experienced one, they've got to wear the name now. New so word. now you know where you're rookies the came Here. from. Uh, and now that is your class of etymology. Yeah. The study of origin cool. of words. Etymology started by someone named Etta. I think. Uh, <laughs> all right, rookie. I have to look Get back to up. the dictionary here. I have a question, Miss Mology. <laughs> Feel free to stick around a while. We love it when you're here. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. I can't wait for my next bout with insomnia. What? Because sometimes my eyes will boop, pop open, and I'm like, oh, I feel so good. Must be time to get ready for the day. Uh-huh. And I look at my phone, and it's like 2 a.m. Right. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, you can't get up at 2 a.m.? I mean, I guess I could, but then I'd be tired by yeah. like now, and that would be weird. Mm-hmm. And so you try to get back to sleep, and it's like, oh, I can't get back to sleep, can't get back to sleep. And the more you're like, I have to get back to sleep, right. the harder it is to get back to sleep. So I was reading this blog of ways to get back to sleep. And, okay, take a shower. I've done that. Sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Put on socks. That actually works more often than I thought. Uh, Turn off your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then blow bubbles. And I was like, well, this is going to get weird for my husband, Scott, but okay. (laughs) I want to just get out some bubbles in the Uh middle of the night and just be like... (laughs) 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 And then if it's in the dark, you can't see where it's dripping. Like, I guess it's like a pre-wash for your bedding. But so (laughs) this is what's so weird. So I was like, that's insane. But I can't wait for the next time I have insomnia. Over the weekend, I wake up. It's like 2 a.m. I'm like, you know what? I don't have bubbles. But I'm going to try this. And so I was just like laying in bed and I was like. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did it. Yeah. And then it must have worked because I woke up and it was daylight. (laughs) And so I'm like, you don't actually have to have bubble solution. You can blow imaginary bubbles. bubbles. And pretend bubbles will help you to fall asleep. And so the good news is is that there's not bubble solution mm-hmm. all over my husband when he wakes up. But <laughs> bad news is, he's like, what are you doing over there? And I'm like, shh. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> May the blessings of the Lord be with you in all that you do today. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Rise Up P.I., where P.I. stands for Peculiarly Instrumental. It was an awfully quiet morning in the office. It was about to get a little less quiet and a lot more awful. Rise up, P.I. Thank goodness our worship team needs your help. Who are you? What's that racket? Looks like badminton. Nope. Pickleball. 
Also, what's with all that noise? Our praise band is trying to impress the church by playing only biblically accurate instruments. It's a disaster. How do you mean? Ever heard of the lyre? Yeah, I've met a few. How about the bagpipe? Oof. The trigon? What do these three things have in common? No, no, that's tribon. Oh. Those are only a few of the wacky instruments our team is trying to master. How do I show them performance isn't the heart of worship? I think you just said it, sis. When the psalmist said to praise God with music, he didn't want the worshiper to draw all the attention to themselves. Yeah, worship is always a matter of the heart, she. And if the heart is there, anything can glorify God. From amazing grace to racquetball. Actually, racquetball sounds like a good time. You guys game? Let me get my shirt. Rise Up PI, harmonizing to the truth of God's word on Family Life.